So welcome to the episode. Right before we jump into it, we we just filmed, but we just want to say that we are not licensed counselors or therapists by any means. So anything that we say in this video is purely from experience, from our own personal experiences, mm -hmm. and we're not licensed, again, to offer solutions or anything like that. We would just highly recommend you go see a professional if you do need help. Um, it's imperative that you do go seek, you know, professional help. So again, we're not experts, we're not professionals, but this is just our personal take on the matter. Mm -hmm. So with all that said, let's jump right into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 9 of This Side of Heaven. I'm your host, Paris. And I'm your other host, Colin. And we are back for another episode. We actually took a week a week break mm -hmm. unannounced. We were just very busy with... Traveling. Traveling. Bachelor trip, bachelor, bachelor party. Trip. Yeah, so we were very busy. We just, we really tried to get... Yeah, we're on the wind down. We have 23 days until the wedding, so it's, it's crunch time. Yeah, we had to, we had, uh, we just had a lot going on last week and we ran out of time. To we film, just ran out so. of time. We really were trying to film, but it was just impossible for us. So apologize for the lack of episode last week, but it was actually nice to have a, just a week mm -hmm. off and just, yeah, like, it relax. didn't even feel like we had a week off though because we were so busy. Yeah. Just felt like there was so much going on, but we're happy to be back. Yeah, and be back. what um, are you doing? How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. <laughs> Hanging in there. You look sleepy. I am very sleepy. I'm well. In my eyes, eyes are very like, dry. Yeah, I know. And my contacts are very dry today. I put them in like, well, I don't know if anyone wears contacts out there, but you just all throughout the day, you just get so dry and just, ugh, it's awful. But anyway, we're both doing good. Um, if you haven't already, leave a like, a comment, and then subscribe here on YouTube. And if you're watching and or listening on Spotify, leave us a follow. It's free for you to do, but it really helps us out. So if you could do that, that would be great. Um, interact with the polls and everything that we got going on on Spotify. Um, go follow us on Instagram. Uh, that's where I should have announced that we were going to miss last week's episode, but I just didn't do it. I was just... That's all right. We're still getting used busy. to it. Yeah. We're learning as we go. Mm -hmm. So... Um, is there any other any other announcements or any news that we should share? No, I think we can jump right into it. We'll jump right into it. Okay, so yeah, last week's video will be linked um, somewhere on the screen and also down in the episode description. Uh, it was about the case against OnlyFans, which was a good episode. We had fun with that <laughs> How one. How you so. remember that? I have no idea. I, well, as soon as you said last week, I was like, I just blanked. Yeah, last <laughs> episode, not last week, but last episode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a good episode. So, and we'll probably expand more on that later in mm -hmm. future episodes. But yeah, so this week we're going to talk about trauma and trauma and everything that it entails in my life is life, our relationship, and our relationship with others. Um, I think what sparked the interest was having a conversation with a with one of my family members. Um, I'll keep it private, but it was over the weekend, and we just had a conversation about it, and it just reminded me of where I was and where I'm at now, 
and the the confusion and and the fogginess that you feel like you're in when you're so wrapped up in it mm-hmm. you don't really see a way out and like i was i was telling this one family member that you just have to make like one step and then it's the next step and then the next and then the next and then yeah. all of a sudden you have this like progression of mm-hmm. where you're at in life and where you're going yeah and you don't see it in the moment but Looking weeks back, later yeah. months later years later you do see the fruits of making the choice to make that mm-hmm. first initial step in the yeah. in the right direction because it's very hard to get at get Mm -hmm. out of that place yeah but i think also to add from that i think that um for anybody listening there's a lot of different traumas there's not just trauma related to childhood there's trauma in relationships there's trauma for people that go off to war there's trauma um for pretty much about anything and everybody's level of trauma is a little bit different so i think that that's also really important to um realize because I think a lot of people when they have trauma it shapes their life in some way shape or form that they don't necessarily um, know about or they've kind of just pushed off until they've gotten older and then they have the time to really sit with their thoughts as they get older and more independent Mm -hmm. and they can think back on that but I think definitely that shapes the person that you are Um, and some people deal with it really well some people it really changes their life completely how they go about their everyday lifestyle or how they react to certain situations or you know when they tense up at certain situations so I think there's not only one specific area in life where this can happen it can happen for a multitude of different things let's start here so do you think there's a difference between childhood trauma and then or in your in your developmental years versus trauma in adulthood like let's say after 18 yeah yeah I think that when you're young you're still in the developmental stages of life when your brain's still developing and you're learning and that sets up who you'll be in the future but every time you watch any type of like psyche like any type of evaluation or you're learning about for example like someone who turned into a serial killer or someone who um, went off the rails later in life or whatever it may be. I think a lot of the things always come back to childhood events. I think that determines a lot of who you are. You're obviously still developing to later years in life, but I think that that definitely sets up your mindset and the type of person that you are. I think later in life, if you grew up having a life where you didn't have any trauma, I think you're able to handle it at a different in a different way because if you think about it say you have trauma in your life when you're 10 versus when you're 40 you're already you already have so many tools by the time you're 40 to handle a specific type of trauma whereas if you compare a situation say your family died in a car crash when you were 10 and your family died in a car crash when you were 40 you still mm-hmm. are able to go on and live your life in a different way as then if you were 10 you'd probably have to go into some you know or your life would be a lot different like you um, more than likely would get adopted by a family member or something like that and your whole life would change as you know it so that would ultimately change like your personality and the things that 
you know how to face. So I think that it definitely plays a huge part when you're younger versus when you're older. But I mean, it just depends what you've like where you're at in your life. But I mean, I think that at any level, it's traumatizing no matter what it is. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's the when you're in your childhood phase, you don't have that you don't have that reference, mm-hmm. you know, to fall back on or the life experiences to fall back on where you can say, oh, there, you know, I've, I've handled this before, or there's, I know my reactions like to things. Mm-hmm. It's your, I mean, you're learning, like your brain is, is literally growing and mm-hmm. like sl- very slowly developing yeah. and you're, you're getting acclimated to the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you're just thrown I mean, I think it could be either a a really good moment in your life or a really bad yeah. moment. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. You go through a certain situation and then that either changes you to be a better person or changes you or for not the worst, but it changes you in a sense of like you're more guarded and you have walls up because of what happened to you. So yeah. I feel like you can either learn and grow from it or you almost kind of go backwards from it and then you're more closed off. Yeah, it's almost, I've always viewed like, my trauma as a blessing and a curse Mm -hmm. only because you, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you grow through experiences, whether those are good or bad. And when I finally had the courage to like confront the traumas in my childhood, I was able to take the, you know, that experience and really grow Mm -hmm. and, really understand who I am yeah and I don't think the hardest part is having the courage to again take that first step and Mm -hmm. say okay I'm gonna go figure this out like why am I doing the things that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and are they having a positive impact on my life or a negative impact and I do have to interrupt to say that I think especially when you're younger and you go something go through something that involves trauma I think when you're younger like I said you don't have the tools so I think like growing up in a situation where there's trauma and just repeated, I think that it's harder to figure out how to cope or how to deal from it. And I think ultimately the person or persons or whoever, they end up running from it and resorting to like, how do I deal with this? Or um, like they try to find a coping mechanism because they're not an adult to a sense where they don't know like why something's happening or they don't really have like the understanding of how adults maybe deal with certain situations or why there's an argument happening or why so-and-so is doing whatever they're doing. And it's a little bit more hard to fathom at a young age. Mm-hmm. So I think that as a kid, it's a lot different than when you're 40 and you're like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe it still doesn't make sense, but then you can be like, okay, I'm either going to like distance myself from this situation. I'm going to like get help or whatever it is when you're younger, you just kind of feel like you're like stuck in a sense because I feel like you're like, you almost rob a kid of a normal life by putting them through any type of trauma because then Mm -hmm. they, like kids are so innocent and they deserve an innocent life where they just get to like be the person that they want the to be. Joys yeah. Of the world and so like it's it's sad to, or like hard to think about kids going through something like that where it really changed their whole life. I think it's the I think it's the uh, the authority figures responsibility mm-hmm. who are in their lives to be aware of the I mean cuz I've always had a really a really soft spot for 
children in the in in, mm-hmm. in this is why yeah that people in authority whether that's a parental figure whether that's a teacher whether that's a whatever um they have that responsibility to be aware mm-hmm. of the fact that children are extremely formidable mm-hmm. and they are able to control their actions around mm-hmm. children yeah. whether that's it's their um it's their student, like their son, their daughter, their niece, their nephew, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. They just are hyper aware of what their actions are mm-hmm. around. And I'm not saying that you have to be perfect or yeah, no, you will. I ever, mean, everybody has their is, faults. Yeah, yeah, there's no one perfect. But, you know, in those times of when you do slip up, you just, you know, like you're able to talk through it and you don't mm-hmm. push it under the rug and you don't and you don't normalize it. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. You don't normalize, you know, negative yeah. behavior. And actually, that brings up a good point because when you say you don't normalize it, if you think about normalizing a pattern in a kid's life, they will then mimic the pattern of what they're seeing. Yes. So if you don't normalize it, you don't talk about it, then as a kid gets older, say that they enter into a relationship or they are dealing with a certain situation, they won't know how to address that issue or they won't know what to do when that comes about so they'll probably resort to the behaviors that they've seen as a child right yeah no that's a great point Mm -hmm. um or it just morphs into something that's just as um just as destructive but in Mm -hmm. another way so you know whether that's anger whether that's alcoholism whether that's being addicted to drugs um whether that's lying cheating stealing whatever it may be Mm -hmm. there's that it's you're so right with that point when you say if it's not if it's not nipped in the butt or taken care of and it it becomes normalized Mm -hmm. then it's normalized in the children's life and then they just grow up thinking that that's normal yeah and when they're introduced into relationships outside of the core family Mm -hmm. they bring that normalization of that of that characteristic or or behavior into those relationships mm-hmm. and then that's when it becomes a very serious problem as yeah we kind of experienced and it took me a few years to of you explaining like hey i don't think that's normal mm-hmm. in my life and i was like well it kind of mm-hmm. is normal like it is my normal yeah and it really took me a not a long time but it was long enough to be a long time Mm -hmm. to be like oh that isn't normal I should like you know I should work on that in my life Mm -hmm. and try and root out why I act the way I act and it's in like the reason why we're making this episode is to I don't know offer encouragement to those out there who might be listening or Mm -hmm. encourage you to go encourage another person to if you know that you're you are dealing with trauma or somebody else that you can encourage them that it's never too late to Mm -hmm. go, you know, like go face your demons and understand the why of how the trauma has impacted your life and to rectify that in your life in order to make your relationships even better, like the ones you Mm -hmm. currently have and also, you you know, the ones in the future. I think it's, it's, very important. What are you laughing about? I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm tired. I'm just like staring. I'm listening. Are you zoning out? As I'm listening to you, I'm just like, but yeah. I think you're making good points, but I'm just kind of staring at you like <laughs> blankly. Sorry, keep going. 
Night, night. <laughs> I'm going to give you a blanket. No. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You want me to tuck you in? <laughs> Winston's, he, he's ready to be tucked in. I know, in. he's sleeping. He had a, he had a very traumatizing mm-hmm. day for speaking about trauma. He was left in the apartment alone <laughs> for three hours. Poor little boy. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If anyone needs advice on working with trauma, right here. $35 an hour. Um, <laughs> you have to go meet him in the park, though. <laughs> Outside. And bring a ball. <laughs> Broad daylight, you have to bring a ball. Not at night. He doesn't want to get jumped. <laughs> he doesn't want to get robbed. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, no, I think if, we, if we're able to segue, I think, or I believe that in order, you know, making that first step is Mm -hmm. so crucial because from experience, I think when you're so wrapped up in the trauma Mm -hmm. in your life and subsequently your, you know, your characteristics or your behaviors because of it, Mm -hmm. you're just in this extremely vicious cycle of just going like this. And you don't see, Mm -hmm. wow, what if I made... Like, what if I made the choice to go get help mm-hmm. and see how my life would be different? Because you're so wrapped up in, you're almost, you're almost tricked into thinking that how I'm living is a healthy way of living mm-hmm. or, you know, like the, the, like the numbing of your brain or your just everyday actions is, is so like mind numbing. Mm-hmm. that you just don't see because like you're so used to it right yeah and I think too like as you get older there's only so much that you can push off before it becomes taxing on your brain and your body to the point where like it's you're physically like hit the like hit a wall where you just are like okay I it's like all creeping up on you and there's nothing that you can do other than face it so I yeah. think that that is, you know, really something important to mention too, because ultimately it always catches back up with you. So if you're able to deal with it earlier on, I think that that's important. But obviously every situation is different. Some people can, some can't. Do you so. think that plays into like people committing suicide when they reach that point? I mean, it could, yeah. Because you can either go, it's it's a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I've had so much that mm-hmm. I literally can't Yeah, like it's overwhelming. It but I think it also comes into play like, if you don't deal with it, you think about when you're older in life and say you're an adult, say you're married, you have kids, say you lose your job, you don't have money, you can't afford. Like that's like extreme, but say you're faced with so many other challenges and hardships in life that that actually piles on top of it. So like essentially you're just stacking rocks and just like you're about like going to tip once it gets to be too much. Mm -hmm. So I think that also plays a role too, because like I said, when you're younger, you don't really have as many things to worry about. But as you get older and you start living life and have all of these things, you know, a job, you have a family, you have, you know, responsibilities. Like yeah. The world, I mean, the world just demands. So there's no way to run from those things. Mm-hmm. But the you thing may too not, like is, you may not get married. Yeah. You may not have kids. But as you get older, you have to, you have to buy or rent yeah. a home. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for a car or a bus ticket or a bike in order to get to work and you have relationships at work. So it's, there's things that are just inevitable in the Mm -hmm. world that you're going to be thrown into where Mm -hmm. if you don't handle your traumas, then it, Mm -hmm. 
it will pop up. Yeah. It will. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's dealt different cards in life too. So I think that it just, you know, how you approach a situation or how you react to a situation is, I don't know how I want to phrase it. Well, forget that point, but um, it just kind of like went. But <laughs> um, what I was actually going to say to you is like obviously flash. as you're talking about trauma and things like that, you have talked a little, well, you asked me if it would be harder to deal with when you're younger or when you're older. So if you take your situation and you think about when you were younger, what it was like, and then if you think about what it would be like if it happened right now with you being 31, what do you think the difference would be? Because that's a huge difference. I mean, I would be able to compartmentalize it quicker mm -hmm. and excuse me, understand it faster and have these have these points of references mm -hmm. to you know to compare it to and be like, okay, this level of whatever is here and what I what I perceive as awful is here. Mm -hmm. or like really great is here yeah then you're able to compare it to that mm -hmm. and be like okay my my current situation is about a six out of ten mm -hmm. whereas a 10 is just the worst thing in the yeah. world but i'm also talking about from a reaction standpoint so if you're young say some like the same situation happened when you're 10 okay so we'll just start there so say you're 10 years old and that a situation like trauma occurs in your life what was your reaction or what is the reaction you immediately have when you're younger? Oh, just to hide. To hide. Yeah. Or like, are you asking mine? Like to get away from this, yes. this situation. Yes. Hide. Hide. Why do you ask? Because it's so different. Yeah. Like when yeah, you're like younger. you're asking how, like how I reacted. Yeah. Because when you're younger, you don't have anywhere to go. Right. Yes. Right. Hide. Yeah. yeah because the, like I wasn't going to run away from home. I wasn't mm -hmm. going to go hop in a car, go drive away. I wasn't yeah. going to go to a friend's house. Mm -hmm. it's, well, I mean, not to like bring up, I know I just, I earlier said serial killers, but we've watched a lot of documentaries, <laughs> which I think that this is actually really telling. Like, okay. Mine so Hunter <laughs> on Netflix was oh, very yeah, good. That's actually really relatable to this, it is very, this very topic. Very but um, I think too, like when you're younger, you just totally threw me off what I was about to say, too. I'm like you were talking a about lost for thoughts killers. today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say is, okay, so in that documentary, the what was it? The Killer Sally or whatever? Yes. Her kids witnessed her parents being abusive to one another, but they kind of hid from it. Like they knew and they heard it. But it's not like they were fighting back. Both of them were bodybuilders. Like, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus if you're you're older in life and you see something happen where maybe your mom's abusive to your dad or your dad's abusive to your mom, then you could step in and be like, that's not right. And then like, you could almost like, you could almost challenge the person that's being the abuser. You could challenge the situation because you're an adult and you can actually right. step in and make a difference. Whereas a kid, you don't you're have probably power. scared if you step in that it's just going to be be like worse for you too. Like yeah. you're caught in the fire of it and you're young. So anything you say isn't going to matter. So it's almost yes. like that is worse too, because you're not able to actually voice how you feel. Cause you just have to compress it because of yeah. like 
you're literally helpless. Yeah, and that's exactly how I felt whenever mm-hmm. I was younger. I was like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. They're not going to listen to me. Yeah. I asked to eat. But the I thing to is, too, is like, night, and they don't let me. Yeah. So and the why thing are they is, listen to me about this is like when you're even when you're t- I don't know why we keep saying 10, but no, it's a good I age. guess it's a good age when you're 10, even though like you still have thoughts and know, like people will say you don't know what right from wrong. But no matter how old you are, you know, right from wrong, like right. not like straight out of the womb. But I'm saying you once you start to be told, OK, like that's you don't hit your brother or you don't. Yeah. You don't steal from the store when we when I take you out to Target or something yeah. like that. Like Which automatically like st- leads your brain into being like, okay, like murder's bad because yeah. if I'm not allowed to hit my sister, I can't, can't. I can't pull a knife yeah. out and go like attack my sister. Exactly. So then right. as you start to develop and know right from wrong, I think that that's even harder too. And that's when it comes into play of is what is happening right or is it wrong? Because maybe in your head, you know, it's wrong, but because you can't do anything, becomes like a situation where it's just okay yeah and then because you- if you think about it like say if uh like you and i were arguing and we had kids and they heard us but they didn't see what was going on behind closed doors they would just be like oh it's an argument or yeah. you know what i mean they wouldn't know but then stepping away from that it i feel like I don't know, like just as a kid, I just like really feel for what that would be like or like, I mean, I'd never had to experience that, but I know that we talked about it a lot when we started dating, just kind of like not comparing, but really talking through childhood and like how you grew up versus how I grew up. And I remember we would say like, I was like, oh, I never witnessed my parents really arguing and like it was always really happy and supportive. And, you know, it was just like, I always say easy, like that's not the right word, but it was just easy, like very effortless. It's like you shouldn't have to work at it. You know, if you're if you have the right partner, it should just become natural where, you know, every relationship there is work, but in a way where it's productive or it's positive or it's not like toxic. But I think from like your perspective, you would always say the opposite. Like I grew up hearing my parents fight, which it was just so different from us. And you would always say, well, that's normal. And then when I said my mm-hmm. parents didn't argue, you would say, that's not normal. Yeah, and, Remember? Because we talked about that a, a lot. Right. And this isn't to throw anyone under the bus or like make any anybody feel guilty or ashamed or mm-hmm. embarrassed or anything like that. Or like to expose anyone or anything. This is purely about the, the effect that yeah, it had on just- my life and then your life mm-hmm. no subsequently. yeah no and i think too it's just we're really primarily talking about the difference of trauma when you're young to when you're old so the situations that we're talking about obviously may be relatable or not but i think yeah. that that's really the main thing that we're comparing mm-hmm. but i think too when you you talked about you know how it affected you and then how it affected me i think when you deal with it as we keep saying when you're younger and you're in that position and then when you're older that then pours over to your family, to your spouse, to whoever's around you, where like it's you still don't have an escape. Right. Like if you hid from it when you're young, you're gonna hide from it when you're older. Yeah. No, I would agree. And so then then that's when it starts to pour over to your family. But and and then it just gets compounded only because when you get older, so many so many doors open up for you. Mm -hmm. Like you know, four ways too hide. Yeah. So it's even worse. Oh, yeah. So when you're, you're young, I mean, for like example, you're, when you're young, you might not know all that the internet has to offer, all of the 
things that are out there that you could use to hide. I mean, if you're 10 years old, you're not going, you literally hide. You're not going to buy, yeah, you're not going to buy drugs or you're not like going online and doing something that's destructive versus when you're older, it's a little bit different. Yeah, no, I think that's what really hurt me was that when I was or when I became of age to just go out with my friends and Mm -hmm. then went to college and then graduate or actually I never graduated college. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. Left college. You went, you went went four years. So you graduated. Yeah. In my mind I did. Um, I put in my time. From three universities. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah. So, and then, you know, in a serious relationship and then being married that you at each one of those stages in life you're introduced to new ways to Mm -hmm. quote unquote hide and Mm -hmm. if you if you don't if you don't confront your traumas and how you're living now then it's easier to fall into Mm -hmm. those quote unquote doors to hide Mm -hmm. it's so much easier because you have you have a sip of alcohol and you're like, oh, that makes my brain feel mm-hmm. good. And I forget about who I am and where mm-hmm. I'm going and what like, what goes on in my brain. And then you're like, I want more of that. And then mm-hmm. more leads to more. And then, yeah. ooh, it felt good to take that drug. Mm-hmm. And like, cause I got high and yeah. I'm not who I am and I can just easily forget about mm-hmm. everything in the world. Yeah, it's and an then escape. it just becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just a snowball effect. Yeah. But I mean, we obviously don't want to just like harp on the negative because there's a lot of periods in life where you can turn it into something good, yeah, which, which is, is really great. Which is I'm really happy that you Yeah. But I'm saying like I want to get into the practical mm-hmm. side of Yeah, and I definitely want to emphasize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I know we're like talking about the dark side, but yeah. honestly, I think that <laughs> you know there is a lot of people that come out better for it on the other side. And um, I think that it's more of like a growing and a learning opportunity than anything. And I, yeah, no, sorry. You can. No, no, no. I think that was great because I was, I was just checking the time. Shout out to what the time is. 5.55. We have about like five minutes left. So it's perfect. So you just brought up, you know, there is a light at the mm-hmm. end of the tunnel. There, I, in each episode, like where we talk about something heavy or, you know, whatever, I think it's important to spend some time on the heavy just so you guys know that like we've been there and mm-hmm. like we understand it. But also I want to give you like practical things that you can do in order to mm-hmm. take the next step or improve your life. Um, so, like with all that said, that's why I'm happy that you said that because I wanted to transition mm-hmm. into taking that step into making the choice to go get help mm-hmm. and like whatever that looks like. Um, I mean, what worked for me is that I went to a counselor at the church that I was attending and it mm-hmm. was life changing. Yeah. And what works for me might not work for you. It's mm-hmm. not going to work for Paris. It's yeah. not going to work for a, mm-hmm. a even a blood family member. I was going to say, and not to interrupt you, but I think that that's such a good example too, because that might work for you. But if you think about it, like if you have siblings and you all dealt with trauma, you all deal with it a different way. So how you handle Mm -hmm. it or how you go through it may be different from a sibling or, you know, it's not always going to look the same. So I think it's important to find what works for you and then address it. Right. by yourself but I think ultimately once you address it it 
allows the door to open up to be able to maybe help somebody else in your family or like extend that help or support to someone to be like, it's so much better on the other side or like you, cause For a lot sure. of people that deal with trauma are like, I'm anxious or like I hear a door slam and it makes my I'm heart depressed. stop, you know, like, yeah. Or, but I think too, that like, that is such a good way to be like, okay, you know, I, I know that what you're feeling and I have been there, but here's how much different or here's how it's improved by working through it, not just running from it, but working through it in every aspect of life. And then I think ultimately like you'll be happier for it. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I won't lie. It was extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. It is not easy at all. But what's the old saying? Nothing ever worth fighting for comes easy. Mm -hmm. And that is, I mean, it's true. Like it's mm -hmm. a, it's, it's a saying for a reason. Yeah. And, and well, that's, you, you love to interrupt me I tonight. Know. Sorry. I don't know. Go ahead. I'm just having thoughts. No, no, go for it. No, no, it's because you go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I honestly, I forget what I was going to oh, say. I was just going to say from what you're talking about, about going to a counselor at the church too. I think from your perspective, what helped you is like you were, you were from a small town and you always had the fear of like, what happens if I say something and then so-and-so tells so-and-so. But I think it's about finding the right person, but then also too, the best feeling about that, no matter what you're going to counseling for, is like you have an unbiased opinion where all they want to do is help you and talk through it with you, no matter how hard that is. Yeah. Like say you go to 100 sessions, maybe the first 15 or 20, you don't make a lot of progress, but then as you start to open up and feel comfortable, then it gives you the room in the opportunity to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, I think the neutrality of seeing the right counselor is so mm -hmm. important because they don't have an agenda and they're not trying to steer you in a certain way. And like the reason why Paris just brought that up is because I went to a counselor in, in my small town who mm -hmm. I used to see at the pool, like at the, at the community pool, I played yeah. sports with her sons. I did all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, is it, is it confidential? Yes. But you know, people talk mm -hmm. and even at a young age, I knew that. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't want to share anything just because I know that she is friends with my family. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't want her to have that, you know, have that perception mm -hmm. about our family. It's always all about protecting my family mm -hmm. and our privacy. Cause that just means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. So, but when you are able to find that neutral person that you can they were able to confide in and share what you're really struggling with. It makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I never cry, but yeah. I mean, I cry very, mm -hmm. very in, infrequently, but there I cried the yeah. most I've ever cried in my life. Cause it just felt so good to mm -hmm. just let all of my emotions out to someone and, and almost just reaching mm -hmm. out for help. Like it wasn't just me just spewing all I was yeah. like, I was spewing just because I was like, Oh, I know you're not going to have an agenda and you mm -hmm. want to give me the tools I need in order to work through what I'm explaining yeah. to you. So when you went to see her, I guess this would kind of wrap it up. Was there any specific tools that you would provide for a listener of like, you know, I went to counseling, but these are helpful tools that that person gave me or was it more just the ability to talk freely and feel like something was lifted off your chest or did you actually like take anything and put it into practice once she helped you work through it? I'll answer that, but I want to hit on one more thing before I do. The The most important thing or one of the most important things that I learned was 
and I had already kind of touched on this earlier in the episode, but you, you're so wrapped up in the moment, you don't understand what good will come from you going to seek help mm -hmm. until you go through it, and then you're all on the other side, and then you're blessed with, again, like, and I'm going to wrap this into what you just asked. Mm -hmm. You're, you become equipped with these tools in order to teach others mm -hmm. and to like encourage others in ways that you never thought you would mm -hmm. ever. And you might think you do, but you don't because yeah. you never know who's going to come into your life. You never know what is going to surprise you in your life. That person you never thought needed help or you thought was fine is going to be like, Hey, didn't you go to counseling years ago and mm -hmm. you said it worked and you're like, whoa, I didn't know you were even thinking about that. Like what's going on? And then they just have this entire conversation. Mm -hmm. And so you never know. So it's like super important that making that first step is so worth it. But, mm -hmm. you know, in now getting back to your question. But I, but also so I'll let you answer that. But I think to, to mention the first step is always the hardest. Yes, for sure. Like, I, I'm not saying any por portion of it's easy, but it's always the first step. But once you take it, you'll be so thankful for it. But it is always the hardest. I like to equate it to working out. So if you don't like working out, which I am not a fan of working out, but I know I have to. Mm -hmm. It's like getting out of bed or getting off the couch or getting off the video game or getting mm -hmm. off watching Netflix, whatever it may be, and going to the gym. And you, it's the worst. You're like, I'm extremely comfortable. I love the show that I'm mm -hmm. watching. It's so easy. I'm relaxed. I'm comfortable. But if you make that choice to go to mm -hmm. the gym, you get your endorphins flowing and you're like, you just feel good afterwards. Mm -hmm. And when you get back, you're like, I don't even want to go on the couch because mm -hmm. I feel so good. I yeah. want to be active or I want to go do something or like get something done. It's, it's sort of like that if any of you have ever felt an endorphin rush from working out. Because mm -hmm. most people, they don't really enjoy working out. It's not like a, a great mm -hmm. thing to do, but once you do it, you feel so good. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah, so back to the practical steps. The There were practical things. I think one of the most important things that I learned was talking through things with the people that have affected your life mm -hmm. whether they have given you the trauma or mm -hmm. they were there with you when the trauma was happening being vulnerable and being honest and being willing to talk mm -hmm. to those people was so important for me yeah and that was a hard thing for me to get over because I was afraid to bring up the past mm -hmm. but it's important I to mean, bring up the past is, in order yeah. to move forward mm -hmm. and like to address it and you know, there's, there's a lot of forgiveness involved in that mm -hmm. as well. That's also a very important thing that I learned is that you, there needs to be some capacity for forgiveness in mm -hmm. your life for the people that have affected you. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't forgive others until you've also forgiven yourself. So you have to do that. It's so important. And I went through these like mental exercises with my counselor that was like, have, have you done that this week? Or mm -hmm. when you were, when you were tempted to go back into your old 
habits or choices, understanding the why and were you able to, you know, were you able to forgive yourself? So you were equipped to not make the same choices Mm -hmm. and that was huge. Yeah. And yeah, that I, I don't want to go off. I mean, there's many practical, like we could probably do mm-hmm. another episode on this, but. Yeah, no, I think that that's a really good point too. I mean, if you ever think of people that go to like AA or any type of um, sort of recovery period where mm-hmm. I think that no matter what you're dealing with, it's trauma, addiction or anything in your life, I think the best way to work through it is talking to that person about it or getting to a period where you let them know, okay, you know, this is how this made me feel. This is how this affect my life. Um, and just mm-hmm. like really getting to that stage. But I think it also goes back to building up your confidence and working through it to the point where you feel comfortable to do that. Because I think that there's a right in what you probably learned in counseling, there's a right timing to approach it. It's not you go to one session, you talk about it and they're like, all right, you know, go confront your whoever and tell them how it bothered you. And you're like still in that anxious stage, like worrying that if you tell them or confront them that you're going to get yelled at or it's going to turn back on you or, you know, they're going to flip it around. So I think that it takes a lot to work through your feelings and your thoughts and then actually like bringing it full circle to get to the the spot in your life where you can then confront it and talk about it. Yeah. It's you reach a point when you go get help that you feel so equipped and so empowered that you do you you gain the confidence in order to go, you know, go confront the past in order to mm-hmm. move forward. Yep. And every person hits that moment. Like my my counselor knew. I mean, mm-hmm. I I said it, but right when I said it, she was like, I know. Yeah. And she was like, go out and do what yeah. you need to do. And but. I think too, I mean, like in any situation, someone out there listening may be like, okay, well, the person that caused me trauma passed away or that person isn't in my life or whatever it is. And I think too, that that's a good point to make from a counseling perspective that there are people out there that can still help you work through it, even though you don't get to confront that person and how you can actually use the tools that you've learned to really help yourself, even though as you're talking, you you can't actually do that physical step, mm-hmm. but there's other things that you can do to incorporate the tools that you need in your life to forgive, even if you can't voice that. Yes. I would agree because that's a really good point mm-hmm. and I was lucky that I was able to have people that were still living in my life or mm-hmm. I could go do the I could go do the physical thing mm-hmm. but that's a good point um, yeah but well, no yeah no I think that we've kind of touched yeah. on all of the points like it like we said I feel a part we, two for this one a part two yeah, yeah I was gonna say I think that we really kind of talked more about you know the struggles of it and the pressure and what it's like in that position and then We got to obviously the positive aspect and the light at the end of the tunnel, but I think that there's a lot to be said. Everybody's situation's different. Again, us talking through it um, could be completely different from your story. It could be very similar to your story. I think that, um, you know, that's what makes it unique and then that's what shapes you for who you are, so. And if you have any feedback or if you want us to elaborate more on anything that you heard or if you have any questions, just let us know Mm -hmm. um, in the comments over on Instagram. Again, it'll be linked here. It's just so you guys can, you know, and also have the confidence that it'll be anonymous. Mm-hmm. So we will keep your name private if if you do choose to share, but no pressure. But yeah, 
I think that wraps this yeah, week's episode. I think off. it does. Well, other than that, like make you said sh- earlier, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow because it really helps us out. And also, if you maybe necessarily haven't dealt with trauma, but you have a friend that has or a family member, definitely feel free to share the episode with them um, mm-hmm. to give a little bit more outreach as well. But other than that, this was episode nine. And thank you for tuning in. See you next week. week Wednesday at 7. Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Thank you for watching. Thanks so so much. Bye-bye. See ya.